This is the High School Football America podcast for May the 20th, 2020. Hey folks, it's my mom's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Wish I could be there. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle sideline, plus GameStrat has outstanding customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to $200, which means it's cheaper than huddle sideline, plus GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there's no 2020 season, your money will roll into 2021. No risk. You can't beat that. But you have to act by June the 30th. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, over the uh, 10 years that I've been doing the radio show and podcast, how many times have you heard a coach talk about ball control and, you know, keeping turnovers down? A lot, right? And probably everyone that uh, I've ever talked to is somewhere along the line says that's a box we have to check. Well, today we're going to introduce a, a new partner here at uh, High School Football America. It's uh, High and Tight, highandtight.com. Okay, so what is High and Tight, Jeff? Well, I'm going to make it real simple. It's really a beeping football, and I've got the creator of it here, uh, Tom Crazier, who uh, invented this very, very unique technology that uh, teaches guys how to hang on to the darn pigskin, if you will. And Tom's on the line right now to uh, do a better job than I would than just saying it's a beeping football. But I can tell you this, NFL teams have used it. Have you ever heard of Ezekiel Elliott? He's used it to keep those fumbles down. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hey, welcome, Jeff. Thank you for thank you for having me on board. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this too. And I I know I kind of dumbed it down for everybody out there. We're going to get a little bit deeper on this. And and for uh, full disclosure, Coach uh, uh, Tom is also a coach at Northwood University in Michigan. So he's not just a guy out there, as he says, that's selling a football. He knows what the heck he's talking about. He he's talking to his players all the time about how to hang on to the football. So so Tom, let's take it a little bit deeper than the beeping football and and explain to people. Exactly exactly what this will do, how it works, and, and why people in the NFL and, and on down are using it to control the football. Well, Jeff, I think it all starts, you know, like three decades ago when you sit there and go as a, or I guess it's four decades ago when I do my math right. And, you know, I was taught by my, you know, my circle of influence, my, my coaches, my youth coaches, and, you know, they taught me what they learned before that. And so what I realized is that I was being generationally coached on technique and fundamentals. And then, you know, you don't even realize what you're learning. And as you advance, you get all this exposure, all these different people at different levels. And I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by um, Hall of Fame type coaches, literally, in my college and, and professional experience. And so I'm listening to them. And all of a sudden they start thinking, well, this is what this is a better way to do things. And so I learn all these different things. And then as you're going through, I'm like, well, what technique do you use? I start, you know, we get back to the fundamentals and then you find out that some people teach finger on the tips. Some people teach cup in the tips. Some people split the finger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what's, why do you do what you do? You know, and then there, and then you listen to people tell you, well, I've done it because that's what I was taught. You know, Zeke Elliott, you mentioned him in the, in the forefront. He was one of the ones that I've always done it this way. And I was like, well, here's here's a different way to do it and here's why you know and then it just it gravitates to another conversation where people are like i don't even i didn't even think about that 
I think about ball security, right. but I don't think about the technique going along with it. So that's what really started the whole like questioning element. So now I've got literally over a, a decade of conversations and research. And now I can bore everybody with the physics along with it. But the simple of it all is, is we lost games and I had been doing the same drills that I already been doing mm-hmm. for decades before that. And I, I couldn't tell why I was losing games as I'm watching a film. I'm like, okay, look at that. Well, the technique is good. You know, the exposure is okay. And then the ball's not moving very much, but why is it getting punched out? You know, and it's, it came down to the idea. I couldn't measure pressure because we say high and tight. That's the universal mm-hmm. conversation and going along with ball security, but I couldn't tell the tight part, right? You could see the high part, but I couldn't see the tight part. And so that led to a lot of, uh, conversations with really intelligent people that's saying, <laughs> well, this is how you measure pressure. And you know, I was way out of my league, Jeff. So, uh, so as a small town farm boy, college player, college coach, uh, I just I relied on conversations with really intelligent people, and it got to the point where you need to know other senses, right? Because it's tight is a physical element, and then how can you how can you be aware of it? That's an audible element. So we basically made it simple for us as a coach. I just want to hear if the ball is tight to your body, and that comes down to the high and tight, the beeping football, or the whistle while you work from Jason Garrett. Um, and, and that element now going forward, it actually, the ball teaches me even more. Once you get to that awareness of beeping is perfect, the lack of beeping is just as important mm-hmm. because now it tells you that you're not have, you don't have weight distribute, distributed on the ball properly. You don't have it covered properly. You're not on the seam. You're, you're on the seams of the football, not on the panels of the football. So it takes it to this whole different level that very few people have ever spent time on. Spent any time thinking about it. I mean, let, yeah. let's face it, and, and, and we all know, and, and by the way, folks, we're talking with Tom Crager tonight, uh, the, the creator of High and Tight. Uh, we'll have all kinds of links on the uh, highschoolfootballamerica.com website on how you can look at it. We'll have lots of videos, lots of stories coming up. But, but you know, I think what it comes down to, and, and like you said, beeping's good. Not beeping can also be good, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like as human beings, and we know this as being athletes, right? It's repetition. That's why we have mm-hmm. reps, right? <laughs> the word reps exists. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's what we're talking about here and, and, and how this will help you learn what's right and what, what's wrong. And I know that's probably, again, dumbing it down, but is that the best way to put it? Well, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head because the reality is we have to we have to reach every type of athlete, right? That's that's why we have you know kinesthetic learners and we have audible learners. We have all these different types of learners. So the the way we do to reach everybody is we have to keep it as simple as possible. You know how many people have used the KISS you know acronym mm-hmm. throughout their time of teaching, right? Yep. And coaching, and and that's truly what it came down to. Because all these people were like, "Well, we could do this." My you should have seen my prototypes. You know, we had this pressure sensing map. I could tell you where the where the hand placement was and what where you should have changed it. You could see it on mapping. I'm like, this is not this is not applicable to a a football coach in Pennsylvania and the steel town. This is not applicable to a California guy training on the beach. It's, it has to be able to reach everybody, mm-hmm. you know, from the mountains to the plains, all that on it. Cause if you've ever had one fumble, you've been negatively impacted by ball security and that drives you to eliminate that. You know, that's why all our social media is high and tight one. If you've experienced one football, which we all have, mm-hmm. then you know that you've been a victim of habits <laughs> and <laughs> good and I bad. Say, yeah. Good and bad. Exactly. Right. That's and really the, the best coaching and best 
teams have more positive habits than negative. You know, we've heard the adage that the team that makes the fewest amount of mistakes wins the game. Mm-hmm. And that's we're errors, we're humans. But so we talk about that repetition becomes habit, habit becomes character, and character is what you see when, you know, in the middle of the game or when it's crunch time. That's what comes through. High, so that's, yep. that's the foundation. com. Uh, I guess the technical term, if I as I look at the website right now, is multi-sensory technology training football. And I went with beeping football. But I, I really want to dig a little bit further because um, I think the first thing that might be coming to people's minds that are not familiar with your product, your technology, is, is this a real football? Like, is it half the size? You know, is it like a Nerf foot? You know, that sort of thing. So <laughs> let's let's talk about that and then go down. Because I, I'm a geek. So I want to kind of hear what you talk about when you said the prototypes, because, you know, there's probably other people going, well, does this really work? So I, I, I want to hear about the, the, the train of you started here, that was crap, and now this is perfect. Oh, well, that, that's, a, that's a longer than you got for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, try, try and break it into some sound bites here for me. But I just gave you, you, a, I, I gave you a big swath there to run down, so go with it. And don't fumble the answer. <laughs> no, I will not. So, uh, so when you start talking about pressure, my my layman's mind, my my is just coming back to tire pressure, right? Mm-hmm. A bicycle on a car. So we started with literally putting a needle inside of a ball and measuring the pressure that was placed upon it. And you could get this, you could see this on the on the scope. And so we're like, well, that's not really realistic. So then we started going, okay. Uh, what do I want to come out of this as a coach, right? Because ultimately, if it doesn't help my kids and help my program, then why am I venturing down this? And so I basically looked at what drills that we all do, and I started looking and going, what tools do we use? So we use slippery skins because we want to create that, that element of moisture, that element of elements, right? Uh, I, I cringe now when I hear coaches say, yeah, we use water balls on Thursday. And I'm like, <laughs> gosh, you know. Because the reality is, is, you know, if you're a high school coach, you're using water balls every single day because you can't afford <laughs> to buy new balls. <laughs> so so we, we made it exterior really slippery. And I had a, a the longest tendered um, NFL lineman, uh, NFL um, offensive line coach was, a, was my college coach. And he was at a clinic. He's like, Tom, can I use one of your balls? I want to show some snaps and things that we do. And I said, sure. And he goes to snap and he's like, whoa, this is way too slippery. And I was like, looking at him, I go, coach. He goes, well, I mean, for this drill that I'm doing right now, it's too slippery. He goes, I get what you're doing. He goes, this is really good. And then I looked at him and going, I, yeah, because it's like you play it. Most people play in elements they can't control. Mm-hmm. You know, NFL guys are not. But he's like, this is really good because this made me focus like no other when I was, because he used it the rest of the time. But he goes, I was so aware of my hand on the ball that it was just, it was beyond focus. He goes, I hyper-focused snapping, which I think all of my guys don't do anymore because they're just so, it's, it's such a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so the element of slippery in, involved. And then I used to, everybody used these weighted balls because they wanted this, this tactical, this tactile development strength part. So they get grip strength and all this other stuff. So we added a little bit of weight because I never liked a two or three pound ball because I couldn't throw it. I couldn't, you know, it's it so different. So it's only like 60% heavier than a regular ball. And then the final element was, okay, if, if it's a little heavy, so it makes you focus and makes you, makes it, um, activate your muscles more. And then it's slippery. So it makes it difficult and pulls your focus. Then how do I know as a coach or how do people around, you know, as a coach that you're working on the most important thing? 
because we all say that ball security is the most important thing to our success of our program. But then we only spend six minutes or five minute period on it each day. Oh yeah. And that, that's just, but that's what we grew up learning. Right. And as we got smarter, we realized, Oh, turnover margins where it's at, but we didn't change our practice to, to measure and mirror that realization until now. Cause now I'm sitting there going, okay, I've only got 20 hours as a college coach. High school guys might only have two hours in a day. Right, 18 you know, hours a hours. week, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So how do we captivate and act and and really um, make those times count? And so now our, our goal from our group is to beep, literally, from period one to period 28. And so every chance we get, we're going to drink a water. we got guys that got the ball in their hands. They're, they're beeping it, switching it, beeping it, and then tossing the next guy. Uh, when we have recovery times because of acclimation periods, we're doing some stretching with it, and our guys have balls flattened and they're beep, you know, and they're like, <laughs> so I mean, but the reality is the results come because you start being aware of the ball, you start focusing on splitting the finger more. You know, we use an acronym that allows us to measure ball security outside of the beep, and that's team because the team is the most important thing. So it's technique. Mm-hmm. Do you have split finger? Don't you? Um, and then exposure, how much of that ball is, is out there. I worked with this NFL, NFL running back who he was, his hands were smaller than mine. I got, I've got hands that are like Odell Beckham. So I can cover a ball pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the reality, when I see that measurement on the combine now where they have nine inches, I'm like, Ooh, those guys are going to, that's, that's not good. <laughs> you know, they've really got to work on widening their hands and not exposing the ball. And then awareness of movement. So it's technique, exposure, and awareness of movement. How much is that ball away from the body moving? And that's where the, the element of activating the wrist, flattening the wrist to your chest and driving the elbow down now gets the beep. But then our guys look at it and go, oh, look at my – here's why I'm not beeping. And they, act, and they look at their technique and they're like, okay, this is what's going on. Or, oh, I don't have – the ball isn't – I don't have a hand spread in the ball, so that's why I'm not activating the beep, you know. So they start learning it, and then I get one one step further, in terms of the, you know, the, the nerd part of it all, is I was working with a guy who was a professional um, leathersmith. He's sixty some years old. This is about ten years ago, and he's sixty some years old. And he's like, "Son, you're doing it wrong." And I was like, "What do you mean I'm doing it wrong?" Because I asked him, "I need to make a prototype of leather." Right. And he goes, "I want to be able to do this, squeeze it." And he goes. Well, son, if you squeeze it like that, and he shows me the, the double-stitch cowhide, the seams, right? He goes, if you squeeze it like that, that ball's not condensing. He goes, that ball's not squeezing. That ball's pivoting. I go, what do you mean pivot? He goes, that's the spine of a football. That's what gives it shape, what holds the, the form. He goes, that will not give. That will actually make you, as you place pressure, it will make you turn. And I was like, no way, this guy. So I, I went back and started watching film. I'm like, this leather guy who's not a football guy. Uh-huh taught me about the perfect way to carry a football, which is panel to forearm, panel to chest. So that way when you squeeze and condense before contact or you running with cut, the ball will actually give and compress. Wow, you are going deep here. This is cool. I like this. (laughs) It was totally a game changer in my mind and I and I'll blow guys away because they'll be like, you know, this guy's like I'm a I'm a I'm a technique guy. I'm a I'm a fundamentalist. I'm like, okay, so what do you teach about the panels of the ball? And he'll look at me going, what? <laughs> I go, well, here, I love where your passion is. Here, let me help you. And I'll just equip him with that knowledge. And he'll look at me going, why didn't I think of that? I go, well, 
I didn't think of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> expert in leather thought of it. So, oh, I, I love stories like that. And by the way, you did a good job of controlling that answer. You didn't fumble as you went down the down the path there. Uh, Tom Kreischer <laughs> is on the line. Highandtight.com. Go to highschoolfootballamerica.com. You're going to see a lot of stuff coming up here over the next couple of weeks that will uh, break this down and, and, and literally show you what's going on here. And, and, and Tom, I would think that um you know we we've we've seen this uh you know with the evolution of you know video uh you know we're no longer you know cutting tape for video and all that you know with the evolution of the of the huddles and the game strats and all that mm-hmm. you know technology creeps into the game and it's coming in more and more and obviously your ball is doing that I, I was just curious so as you go around uh, especially at the high school level because you know obviously when you're when you're up top there the NFL and the collegiate there's bigger budgets there's this and there's that uh lower level you've got guys that have been doing this for like you said 30 40 40 years, right? They've been an O-line coach for how long? And man, I've been doing it this way. So as, as you go out there and, and, and promote what you're doing and what you have to get the game better and, and, and make players better, uh, who, who's more apt to listen to Tom with his beeping ball? The old guy, the new guy? And then what's the what's the little hook to them that, you, that they're like, ah, there the light bulb goes off. Now I understand why Tom's got this beeping ball. Well, you know, it's funny because you try to figure out who that, that sweet spot is and get the most for your buck right but what i've what i've found is there's an element that isn't just age i there was a moment there and i'll I'll admit it i was like well this guy's an old coach he's not gonna listen to me at all Mm -hmm. you know he's been doing it this way forever but those guys when they're like the guys that are winning a lot of games they've been doing it because they're they're always looking for an edge every year and so they know that the reason they're successful for 20 30 years isn't because they've had the best players, you know, it's because they've always looked for a way to get the most out of their players. And so I've had some incredible conversations with guys that I went in going, this guy is never going to, he's a dinosaur, quote mm-hmm. unquote. I apologize for saying that, no, I get you know, it. he's been slow moving in his way, methodical, always, you know, dominating, but he has been the guy. He's like, Oh, we going to do this. This is today's kid, right? They want to, they want to know they're doing it right. I want, they want, I want to hear beeping, you know, mm-hmm. That's... And then you get the, and you get the young guy who's like, he's always been about technology. He's always been plugged in from the day he's, the day he's been playing football. You know, he's all about it because he's like, oh, this is exactly, you know, well, why don't you do this? And they start giving me advice. You know? <laughs> You've only been doing this for how many years to get it right? And here you got somebody with three seconds worth of knowledge to give it. He probably Googled it on a, he probably Googled it. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm um, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I get that. No, type. no. Yeah. I love, I love listening to people because it's your perspective and their perspective that I want to talk about. Because we all see the game of football slightly different through a slightly different lens. Mm-hmm. Something that's really important to me is, is down on their priority list. But that's the beautiful thing about because I'll reach, because I can fortunate enough to talk to everybody and realize that even if you don't value ball security as much as I do, it's still in your top three. You know. It better be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, there's, you're you're there's... you're one in nine every year or whatever it may be. <laughs> and you hit on the head. That's that's what was the driving force of this whole thing was. I took over a program, went from college to high school. I got married, had a bunch of kids. My wife was like, "We need to slow this down." And and this this team was a this program was a perennial power, and they got into a new conference, and so they had only won like two games in three years or three games in two years. And the first two years, we went five and four, five and four. My third year, we're going to go. I got all my kids back, all my linemen back. The best athlete in the school is a junior. I'm thinking, this is it. 
and all of a sudden we lose literally seven games to fumbles in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And you watch the film and you're like, what the heck? We're winning the games. And, and I literally cried with these kids and said, you know, I'm a, I'm a problem solver, not a problem stater. There's only two types of people in my mind in life, problem solver, problem stater, and I'm going to solve this problem. And I just prayed on that and started asking people for help. And, and now we are here talking about how we can help every high school in America not experience what we experienced. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never heard a coach say on the on the plus minus. I, I want to be a minus twenty this year. <laughs> but but yeah. you, but you know what, Tom, you you brought up an interesting point about your own experience there. And I think when you and I were talking offline about this, I had said you know something like that, you know, a, a minus twenty. And you said, Jeff, that year that we didn't do well, you weren't a big minus, right? It, no. it was just at the time that it happened. And 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 I wanted to ask you this question. Obviously, you can't play a game with your ball, right? You can't have the beeping right. ball out there, but. I was wondering, and let's you know focus specifically on a running back, a guy that maybe has carried the ball twenty times. Have you ever like, and I don't know if "study" is the right word, but but what happens? You're looking for muscle memory on this, right? But what happens at the end of a game with a running back? What's what's your kind of sense of where that kid is on making sure the muscle memory is there? Because you just said yours were were turnovers in the last quarter right so you might have had a minus seven but all minus all of those minuses hurt that like heck and caused the loss so is that a fair question or am I not being clear about it I'm just wondering how you get to the point where the end of the game which is so important especially in all those tight games that the the kids able to hang on to the football and continue the technique properly well you're you're dead on Jeff when you're trying to identify why why guys is it fatigue at the end of the game? Is it, you know, what is it that the fog of war overcomes, you know, that element, I'm a Marine. So I sit there and go, how do we stay focused? You know, when it's really important, how do we stay focused? And that's what it comes down to. I've had conversations with NFL running back coaches and I'm like, here's an understanding of what I came to. Our guys at halftime use the high and tight football during game during, you know, you come out there and, Everybody does their like three minute warm up, you know, which is mm-hmm. it's just a pony show, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, get on the ball. And I learned this quick. We had one guy when I started this, this kid was a great, he'd do whatever he tell you. And he was a very conscientious player. And he fumbled in a game like the first year we used the football. And he's like, Coach, I'm so sorry. I will never do that again. And I'm like, Corey, that's you're human. I understand that. He goes, But here's how conscientious he was. He put the ball in his hands. And so when he wasn't in the huddle, like I'll never forget this. He was, we brought a huddle in the sideline timeout and he was like, Hey, we're going this personnel package. Corey, you're in. And Corey has the ball in his hand, beeping it, covered the beeper up. So it wasn't so loud. And he's like, he hands the ball to the guy. All right. I'm in here. He was on the field with the football in his arm, <laughs> creating a habit. Cause he's like, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I love it. That is oh, <laughs> God's honest truth. This kid was so oh, kind of the detail and passionate about being successful oh. that you know. So to answer that question is, I think it's that element of we the game of football, especially in the in the higher levels. Well, it's everywhere, right? It's it's so important. It's it's crunch time. We identify the four minute offense like that's when we're going to win games. So we're focused on all these things other than the most important thing. You know, you get to the fourth quarter, the four minutes of the last of the fourth quarter, all you're thinking about, what's my biggest hitter? What's been the, what's worked? What's, what are they going to do that, that's not, you know, that we need to stop them or we need to counter for them? Your mind is on everything other than the thing that can really destroy your program, which is a turnover. Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. And highandtight.com. The beeping football, as I call it, also the multi-sensory technology training football. That's a tongue twister, but I got it out properly <laughs> twice in a row, so you I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm two for two at this point. Tom Kreacher, the, the guy that created it, uh, this is this wacky ex-Marine uh, college football coach, uh, former player and all that, decided he was going to figure out a way to cut down on turnovers, and it's unique. And obviously here at High School Football America with a partnership, we're going to focus a lot on, on high school and uh, high school coaches, but at, at the same same time you heard me start at the top with some of the big names and and I got to be honest with you I love I always love the trickle down effect like when my wife and I place experts in the media whether it's CNBC or wherever it's been New York Times all that sort of stuff we always believe that the best way to build a media story is start start at the top because once you start there and you get that man it trickles down and it gets down there so I, I want to go to the top level you know the Ezekiel Elliott's uh, being you know having Michelle Tafoya show the football on NBC Sunday Night Football and all that tell me a little bit about um, how big the smile was when you when you finally got this product into the hands of people that you know others like to emulate. Uh, what what was that like for you? Well, you know that the, that started with like how do I as a just a college guy touch those guys, right? That's what it comes down to. Like how do I reach that that pinnacle, right? Mm-hmm. So I I go to the combine because I want to learn. So I'm I'm at the combine as a coach and I'm watching things over the years and then. When this came about of having the ball in my pack, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the combine. I'd like to talk to this guy. And, you know, there's just no solicitation element. So I wasn't, I was going there just, just a coaching conversation. And I said, I walked in there, I'm standing in the end zone. I'm like, okay, so how do I find these guys? And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this first guy that comes up, Coach Wilson, Ollie Wilson, he's been a 28-year veteran. I read about him. I'm like, this guy has been with a lot of great teams. You know, he's, he worked for NFL backs. And I'm standing there, and literally, Jeff, he's the first guy that walks up, stands next to me with his monogram bag and the Chargers logo. And I go, are you Coach Wilson? And he's like, yeah, I'll do Wilson. I go, Tom Crager. And I go, I'm a college coach at Northwood University. And I go, just kind of would like to pick your brain about ball security. And he's like, oh, hey. And he goes on literally 30, 35, 40 minutes. Neat. About, he, broke, he breaks down every single fumble every year and he's looking at it and he goes i've got all my fumbles and all my loose balls on tape for the last 20 some years whoa (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) well at that point you got a big fish you're trying to land keep going (laughs) oh my gosh and so i'm sitting there going i go so do you use terminology like hindsight oh yeah i think hindsight always i go what do you teach and he started teaching me i go have you ever heard of hindsight football and he's like looks at me all across and i go you know, it beeps when you hold it tight to your body. And he goes, really? Do you have one? And I go, I actually have one in my bag. He goes, I'd love to see it. So I bowled out, we, and we, so we started playing with it for another 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, in the meantime, meantime, they're getting ready for ball drills. <laughs> you know, they're, they're working out. All these guys are interviewing, right, doing their, doing their stuff on the field. And he's like, oh, my gosh, can I give you my card? And I was like, <laughs> well, coach, uh, absolutely give me your card. So he gives me his card. I got, you know, then he's like, oh, thank you. Very, I can't wait to talk to you. We're going to be in touch. And so he goes down and gets ready for his work. And he walks down and he sits with his buddies, all different running back coaches that I don't know. And all of a sudden, this guy, big guy, comes walking up and it's Gary Brown. Now, I'm a Detroit Lions homegrown guy. And Gary Brown was a running back for us back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he walks up. He goes, hey, I'm Gary Brown. I go. I go, I'm Tom Crager. He goes, are you the beeping football guy? <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is literally two minutes later. And I was like, well, yeah. He goes, I would love 
here's my card. I would love to, can I see it? And he goes, and so I'm pulled out. He says, look at it. He goes, this is incredible. You know, he, you here, you want to come down, sit down? And, I'll, and then he brings <laughs> me down. And so he starts inter- introducing people. And it was unbelievable how these guys, you know, are so starving for ways to help their kids be better. And then their, their great athletes become that much better. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, and now here's the feedback that I got from over time is they needed me go. I have one guy say to me, he goes, Tom, he goes, I love them. He goes, my guys don't buy into them. And like, what? He goes, their ego is such that they believe that they're so good at what they do that now he goes, I struggle this with a lot of stuff, not just ball security. Just understand this. He says, (laughs) you know, it's not just ball security. It's that they're such a high level elite. People have told them for years that they're so good. He goes that when I, I, when I want to help them get better, it's a struggle. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's sad because I, I never thought of that, that a guy doesn't want to get better. Right. Yeah. Like it's human nature. So that was the, it, yeah, there's that element of, you know, that gets back to the coaches that you asked earlier with it's that middle ground coaches who are successful and they think it's because they, you know, what they do and how they've been doing it and they don't want to mess anything up. You know, those are the guys that I struggle with in helping them because they don't want to be helped because they think they know a lot. Yeah, and, 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 you know, as you're talking here, and I'm already, you know, thinking of my next question here because I was going to bring in Zeke, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, and Mm -hmm. I may be 100% wrong about this, and I'll I'll put it in the story if I'm 100% wrong, but uh, Gus Farratt, who was uh, Zeke's high school coach when he was a junior, and I believe at John Burroughs outside of St. Louis, he may have fumbled in his junior season, which ended up costing, they, they were like the game-winning drive. And I may be wrong, and I apologize to everybody in advance if this story is wrong. But it, it, it builds into the story that Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> uses your football. So I was just curious, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, given your last answer of guys that, you know, they think they got it all down, right? They're, I don't need no help here. I, I got this. I don't yeah. need no stinking, beeping football. What happens yeah. when Zeke gets a hold of what you have? Well, so there's so that's – I. I think the high, I think so highly of Ezekiel, even though that I'm a machine guy, you know, <laughs> but because I love hurdlers and I love passionate competitors and he, he is in all those realms. Right. Mm-hmm. So I walk down in the combine and I'm, the days my wife and I are on the phone and I, and I'm walking down the back and Marshall Falk, who I've always loved his game is on, on the field doing reporting. And he's, he's almost to the edge of the, of the barrier. And he's just standing there and I go, I'm going to see Zeke because he just got done. But then Marshall Falk, right there, I go, excuse me, Coach Falk. I go, Mr. Falk. And he's got an earpiece in. He's like, yeah. And he and he comes out and he goes, just a minute. And he pulls his earpiece out. And I go, hey, Mr. Falk, have you, have you seen High and Tight? And he's like, what? I go, the beating football. And I kind of give him a little beep. And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Because I read his body English. And he's like, totally... <laughs> I'm like, I apologize. See I you, Tom. Working. <laughs> yeah. So I'm walking, I'm talking, I call my wife, and I go, I just, I just bombed with Marshall Falk. Like, I just embarrassed myself with Marshall Falk. I'm, I'm coming home. I'll see you soon, honey. Love you. I'll call you on the road. And as I'm walking out, Zeke's walking out. And I go, hey, Zeke, how you doing? He goes, hey, good. And I go, I go, love what you did out there, you know. Love to get you, you know, someday when you're going to do high and tight. Beep, beep. And he's like, what? And he looks at me, he goes, that's a ball? I go, yeah. He goes, let me get that. Give me that. And then around the corner, Urban Meyer walks out. 
and Zeke's got the ball in his hand. He goes, and he beeps and he goes, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And he's like, coach, check this out. Beep, beep. You know? And he's like, just like a kid in a candy store. This is a great, Oh God, I gotta get this. He goes, this really beats getting hit with a foam baseball bat. Says <laughs> 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 it right in front of Urban. And Coach Myers like starts laughing. He's like, Yeah, yeah, okay, kid. Hey, and looks at me and he kinda like, Who am I? And you know, so he kinda like dismisses me a little bit, but I go, Hey Zeke, great job out here. Good luck in the NFL. And I I kinda walk off. You know, I tell my I get my wife tell my story and like and then, you know, fast forward, Zeke gets drafted by Gary Brown. I mean, gets drafted by the Cowboys and Gary Brown's his coach. And so Gary's like, we got to get this to Zeke. I mean, he is so much about being the best at everything. And so that's how, you know, you get the mindset of a competitor, a champion, and he wants to be better than ever. He, he comes to me and says, we got to have this. And that's how Zeke came into it. And then uh, the next week I'm, I'm in a meeting and I get a phone call from a California number and it's, Marshall Falk's um, lawyer, his agent lawyer, and this guy Brian Henley. He's like, "Hey, this is I'm Brian Henley. I'm a representation for Marshall Falk and and Rocky Arsenault, his agent." And I go, "I'd love to talk to you behind tight." Um, apparently, Marshall saw it at the combine, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And so he calls. We get a conference call. Fast forward Thursday. It was on Monday. Thursday, I'm in California doing a shoot with. Marshall Falk, and it was supposed to be Ezekiel on the top running backs, like Kenneth Dixon and all these different guys. Um, and then uh, Steve Mariucci there, they're doing it for this thing. Well, Zeke got food poisoned that before, so he never shows up. Brian's apologetic because I fly out there to work with him. He's not there. And Marshall looks at me and he goes, this is really, really good stuff. He goes, I wish I would have had this because I believe, and I might be wrong, but I think he's the Hall of Fame with the least number of fumbles. I'm I don't know that, back. but, that's, but there, that's interesting. There you go. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, so it's all about the idea that he is always looking for an edge. This guy's not taking another snap, but he thinks there's value in it because he's like, oh, if I could have had this. He starts you know, telling me stories about, man, I fumbled in this game and started fumbling in that game. Like, he remembers them all, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so we created this um, relationship and just, like, friendship based upon the pain and suffering that he had as a player. Like, here's an NFL guy who doesn't have to worry about anything ever again, but he's like, every kid needs to have one of these because they don't need to feel what I felt. And I was like, wow, what a great guy. I'll still go to my grave with thinking like, that's the mindset you want to always have. Yeah. Like you, we're all human. We all make mistakes, but at the same time, you know, don't ever lose that edge that I always want to get better. And I always want to help people get better. And that's where he was coming from. That's great. That's a wonderful story. Uh, Tom Crager on the line, highandtight.com. You'll be seeing a lot of it across the uh, the platforms, uh, highschoolfootballamerica.com. You'll see some videos. You'll see some stories. going to uh, kind of put it out uh, every week now uh, as we wrap things up here. Uh, we, we know, uh, you know, not all football. One size doesn't fit all. And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the products going away, uh, which they can be seen on the, the website, High and Tight. But uh, the, you, you've got stuff that goes right down to the youth level, right? Yes, sir. That's the part. Then, and, and we're actually coming to market. It's perfect timing right now. We're coming to market with a ball for the actual little kids, because to them, it's not about pressure. It's about that positioning of the hand. And that came back to that that generational coaching where, like, I was just taught to put a finger on the tip because it didn't matter. Just hold the ball and go. That's that. You know, I've talked to the, these elite running backs who, when they were young, they were just so physically different than everybody else no one spent the time to teach them the finer points and the, and the techniques they needed because they were focused on the skill set. Like he can run fast. He's 
you know, he's powerful. He's, you know, those, those things are more important, but when he gets to the, the, the equal competition, now it comes down to who's the best fundamentalist, like who has habits that will allow them to be successful because even everybody in that, you know, power fives and college and, and NFL are good. I mean, that's, you don't, you get there if you're not, you know, I think the greatness are the guys who have the best fundamentals, you know, and are always improving their fundamentals because that's what you rely on. And that's what allows you to be the longest, last the longest in their, in their position. Uh, so we have those for the little guys coming out. And then we've got the fifth through the eighth. It starts in the pressure element, which is a little less pressure needed, but you still need the technique. What I found is they're not coming with the technique. So it, they have this, they have this pain and suffering as they learn. And they're, they're learning in middle school when they should be learning as an elementary. Uh, so, and then they got the high school and the college and the power fives and then the NFL version, which has a, a stronger tension. So that way it, it requires more force because people are applying more force on the football. You know, they're trying to punch it harder. They're trying to do all these things. So you need to hold on to a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get into this debate with guys is, is, you know, I don't want the ball, you know, tight to their body because I want them to run. I go, well, that's, you're thinking from a sprinter standpoint, which I did too. But the reality is you're, you're, a, you're a football player. You're not a sprinter. And a football player can't just run like a, like a Tim Brown and just go straight line. He has to avoid move and he has to protect his team at all times, which is carrying the football properly. I said, so there has to be this, this compromise between I want to build straight line speed, but I also want to build effectiveness as a football player and runner. And that's where my guys have shown. And I'll tell you a story that will blow your mind is there was this guy out, out East and I can't use his name because of um, privacy, but he trains elite guys to get faster. And he can tell you body position if you're activating your core when you're sprinting. He, he analyzes everything, the gait and everything. And he goes, he used my football with one of the, an NFL wide receiver. And he goes, Tom, he goes, he's faster with the football in his arms because he, the, the force pressing down on his wrist and the elbow activated his core and made his body connect better. Wow, that's a, that's a story. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and i i said to him give me your data let me know you he goes well there's some negotiations on back and i can't release it right now because he's doing you know so there's all these elements that is it best for kids like you going back to your thing give me the information because it's the best for kids you know because that's that i never i don't understand the, how a person runs well enough to articulate the people but this guy's an expert and the kid the, the player he was working with saw the value right away because he goes you're faster when the ball's beeping than when you're just running with a regular ball. And he goes, because you don't activate your core. You don't even know you're not doing that. So he made the guy faster because he activated his core with the football. <laughs> yeah. Blew my mind. It, it, you know, and, and it's funny, you've given all this technical information, but really what it's coming back to right now is, is simple stuff, right? It's a beeping football. It's mm-hmm. muscle memory. It's repetition, mm-hmm. all those sort of things, right? And it's, it's, it's kind of simple, but uh, to, to hear that beep, it gets you to where you need to be and makes you a better football player, which will then make your uh, a team a better football team, uh, keep those turnovers down. And uh, maybe one day uh, we won't have coaches on the podcast going we got to keep down turnovers maybe we'll ch- 
check check that box forever. I know that's a joke, but anyway, Tom, it's uh, it's really cool to talk to somebody that, uh, and I say this all the time because we've had so many partners that have created products and they they came out of the game, right? And 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 some are coaches, some just want to give back and all that. And I I applaud you for having the uh, the the whatever it is the God given knowledge to 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 come up with this great idea. And I just look forward to the partnership with you. I, I think we did a pretty good job of covering everything, but uh, I'm not the smartest uh, guy uh, on on the face of the earth. So I always I always end like this on our first interview with a new partner. Uh, did I miss anything? And if I did, take it away. It's yours. Don't fumble the answer. <laughs> no, I, you did a phenomenal job, and I think we're very our skill set's very even. <laughs> you know, you, you're but you're but you're higher than me, which is like I like to be. I like to be the guy in the room that has the least amount of knowledge that challenges me. Um, the thing <laughs> yeah, that I would say to anybody as they start training with something new. Okay. And I tell us my kids all the time, if it doesn't, if it's not difficult and it's not challenging then it's probably not getting you better. Uh, and so it, too many times when I get a guy call me and be like, well, you know, I'm not getting it. I go, that's part of the process, right? You didn't, you didn't just learn how to carry a football in one day in your life. You didn't become as good as you are with one day, but yet we all want this quick fix. Well, if I just use this ball right now, I'll never fumble again. Well, no, 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 no. Repetition becomes habit. Habit becomes character. It takes time, mm-hmm. you know? And then, I tell him also that I was working with this guy. We were just in St. Louis when this elite running back coach and his, his kids are already got power five offers and they're sophomores in high school. Uh, and his kids are, he played in the NFL and he's going, he goes, I always forget during my training to even think about the football because I'm so focused on all the other things that I teach. And I go, that's exactly it. You want the athlete to start adjusting and, and becoming responsible for his, for his own ball security. And that's what the ball does. Even when it's not beeping, it's still telling him because he'll like you can see him adjusting his arm. And I tell him, I go, that's that's the habit you want to you want to create truly is the awareness of the football because so many guys right now just rely on their their God given ability or their you know bigger, faster, stronger, and then all of a sudden they don't even realize that they have a bad habit with the football. You know, and that I had one NFL guy who sought me out in the off season. He's training for recovery, and and he goes his feedback right away was coach. He goes, he goes, Tom, it was, it's like having a ball security coach all to my own. He said, I'm training by myself and I'm working on the most important thing. And that's ball security. And I, and I appreciate you for creating a coach for me. Yeah, and I was I, like, I wow. That. Yeah. That, those are some strong words. And, you know, we, we should point out something here because it just dawned on me as we're talking. And obviously we're going to have the links to the website and all kinds of things that, that uh, allow people to figure out how to, to purchase the balls. But I think sometimes when you hear technology, uh, people go, oh, that's going to be expensive. Oh, that, that new iPhone is whatever. Uh, let's, let's just talk about this, that this is very affordable. So all those high school coaches are out there who are out there. And, and we know that the high schools are strapped nowadays, right? So let's talk a little, mm-hmm. little pricing here and, and just so we have something going away that coaches can think about before checking you out. Well, it's funny. I always go and say, okay, coach, what, what's the price of a fumble to you? And he'll look at me and go, like, if, if you lose a game, one game, and you go from, in Michigan, you got to win six to be automatic. If you go and lose that last game and you're five and four and you don't get in the playoffs because of a fumble, what, what is that value position? What would you pay to get that back? And he, oh, my gosh, he's like, shucks. I pay a thousand bucks. I go, well, okay, you don't have to for this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I go, and I buy those, I buy Wilson GSTs all the time and I'm paying 70 bucks a ball. 
I said, this ball is a little bit more than that because it takes away your slippery ball. It takes away your heavy ball and it gives you instant audible feedback. So it's, it's, it's an element of, you have another sensory element. So you're getting three tools in one for about $120. And I said, if you buy bulk, you can get that down to under a hundred a ball. And he's looking at me going, well, that's not very much at all. I go, yeah. So you got to, as a coach, when you start thinking of finances, you got to think, okay, I've got a set budget. And does my budget and my allotted spending match my priorities? If I say that blocking, tackling, and ball security are the most important things to success and internal margin are the most important things, am I investing in those areas that will affect that change and ultimately that goal? That's the part I think that when people start talking about budgets, everybody's got a budget and everybody's got their budget spent. Mm -hmm. But does your budget match your priorities? We used to always buy footballs just because we did that the year before. We bought this many footballs. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, we got all these extra footballs. What the heck? Well, our priorities are we needed these things. So now we need to adjust our budget and we need a little less of this and a little more of that. And so I think every coach, if you, if you invested in a high and tight and you changed your budget for one year, you'd be like my friends out in Missouri who he was an early adapter. And, and every year he calls me, he goes, coach, my boosters got me this much and I got this much. I need these balls. And so he gets about 18 months out of it. So every year and a half, he buys another set of balls because he goes, these things help us beyond belief. He goes, I, you know, I can't put a true stat on like how it impacted our wins and losses. He said, but I'll tell you this, my fumbles are down more than they've ever been in my coaching career. And I'm not going away from buying them. And I think that is where we're going to end it because you always end on a high note. And I think that's a good one there. Uh, Check out high and tight, high and tight.com. Go to highschoolfootballamerica.com. We have all kinds of stuff that uh, will be going up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, If you're not sold yet, you should look at this again. uh, As I said, Tom, I I don't know that I've ever heard a coach say to me, Hey, we're good with five fumbles in a game. We'll, we'll be good. If we keep them under five, we'll be good. (laughs) You you know, there's a lot of coach speak out there, but that's not one of the coach speaks you get to hear. But again, congratulations. We look forward to the partnership and uh, look forward to having you back on here uh, other times to talk about uh, some things that will help coaches uh, become better coaches and, and kids become better athletes. And at the bottom of that, like you said, no coach wants to go 0-9 every year, right? you got to get mm-hmm. better, and that's what this is going to do. So thanks for joining us. All right, my pleasure, Jeff. I appreciate it. Don't forget to follow High School Football America on all of our social media channels. Our handle on Twitter is HSFB America, and on Instagram and on Facebook, it is High School Football America. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle sideline, plus GameStrat has outstanding customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to $200, which means it's cheaper than huddle sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making it risk-free. How do they do that? Well, if you make the switch now and there's no 2020 season, which none of us are hoping for, your money will roll right into 2021. There's no risk and you can't beat that. But you do have to act by June the 30th. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. I'm Jeff Fisher, and you've been listening to the High School Football America podcast. I'll talk to you tomorrow.